Bart, I've asked you not to whistle that annoying tune. Yo, everybody, and welcome back once again to Simpsons is Greater Than, a podcast where I go on and on and on and on and on and on about why The Simpsons is the greatest show of all time, both to people who work on the show and even some people who don't. As always, I'm your host, Warren, better known to some of you as Bart of Darkness, you might know me from my Simpsons collection over on Instagram or Twitter. Be honest, it's great, isn't it? Go ahead and say it's great if you want to. But if not, when you're done with this episode, do me a personal favor and go check it out. I don't think you'll be disappointed. So this week on the show, I'm joined by Mike Atniel, who's been working on the show for over 15 years. I seriously can't imagine working anywhere that long, but in this episode, Mike tells me all about when he first knew he wanted to be an animator and how that journey led him to The Simpsons. In addition to that, we talk about how he lied about going to college to help him get a job on the show, but most importantly, he tells me how working on The Simpsons is his dream job. Episode 48. Let's go. Yeah, no, nah, no, nah, it's gonna delays. Oh man, no, I'm I'm just as bad. Uh, I promise with with the delays because I honestly, yeah, like I get so like I do this podcast totally alone. Like I produce it, I do everything by myself. I have like no no one that helps me with it. So sometimes I'm like, yo, you know, honestly, seriously, we can do it later. I promise because I'm like I'm like I could use a break anyway. Uh, <laughs> I would have just edited your episode this weekend, and and I'm uh-huh. kind of glad I didn't have to. I had so much other shit to do. So, um, no, nah, it'll be good. It's un- it's kind of un- unpredictable. I had to do a whole crowd section on the weekend, which ruined my entire weekend. Oh actually. my god, dude! I totally. But you can't say no, so right. I totally <laughs> understand that. Right on. That's sick. Well, so I, what I normally do is uh, I normally do like a, a little bit of a warm up question, uh, and I usually bleed in from that. And it's really funny because I booked this interview so long ago. The question I was going <laughs> to ask you is, I said, you know, like, yeah, I'm giving a toast soon. Have you ever given a wedding toast? And if oh. so, what style did you go with? Have you ever given a wedding toast, Mike? I have not actually. I, I'd I'd be probably turning that down because i'm so painfully shy in front of crowds i don't think i would be able to do it (laughs) so i will say since i since the time has passed and i have actually given that toast uh i think i knocked it out of the park i mean i had some and i had some people (laughs) wiping tears uh I, i felt like it was really good i was very relieved when i was done because you know, as a good friend of mine, you want to like do something memorable, but you're also right. like, you're sort of stressing like, okay, do I remember all the stuff I want to say? Is this funny? Uh, are some of the jokes, you know, too funny? And people are going to think it's lame that you're, you know, being so goofy at such a serious day. Uh, you add some Simpsons quotes? Man, I really wanted to. The guy I did it for, not as big of a Simpsons fan, oh, no. uh, but I mean, he likes it, but I, you know, Don't I kept it pretty simple. Day. 
No, God, thank God he's not a family guy guy. Um, yeah, that we're definitely very anti that on this podcast, but he, um, <laughs> you know, I, I worked in some, <laughs> there's like a, a, a three eleven story that I have with him. That's really funny about this time. I put a bunch of money on three eleven uh, on a jukebox mm. and just like, you know, so I, I had some, some zingers in there, but also some heartfelt stuff. Uh, but yeah, man, I, you know, don't be too shy, Mike. If someone asks you to do a, uh, a wedding toast, go ahead and do it because when you're done, you just feel like a superstar. It's actually pretty, uh, yeah. pr- pretty invigorating. <laughs> I recommend Dude, it. I actually got invited to give like, cause I, I went to, I went back to school. I took a little break from the Simpsons and I went to this school, um, called Noman in Hollywood. So they do a lot of like CGI, like that kind of stuff. So I'm like, okay, I want to learn this because you know, drawing's not going to be around forever. Like, even though it's kind of making a comeback, but it's going to be only like storyboards and stuff. Right. So I'm like, you know what? I want to like, hopefully one day I can go to like Pixar or even like go to the feature side of Disney. And so I did that for like, uh, it was about three years, their character animation program. And then I left and then they're like, hey, can you come give like a little, just like a little speech on what you do now? I'm like, all right, cool. Like I go there and it's a whole freaking like auditorium. Full, I thought I was just speaking to a class of like, you know, 10, 15 kids, but it's like a whole auditorium. There's like hundreds of people there. I'm just like, oh my God. <laughs> well, how did it go though? Did you knock it out of the park? Yeah. I, I, well, I started because, well, I wasn't prepared. So like I started stuttering and like, you know, everything that can go bad kind of went bad. Like my <laughs> mind went blank. <laughs> that, that can definitely happen. You know what I did? I literally, I recorded myself giving the speech and I listened to it and sort of memorized it. Um, I, I was just really like, if I don't do this, I'm going to get up there and just deer in headlights, forget all of it. So that was definitely, I used my, I used my podcaster, uh, format to just, uh, I even gave pauses for laughter in my, in my, <laughs> my recording. <laughs> I'm such an idiot. Uh, well, Mike, look, I want to thank you, man, for, for coming on the podcast. I've been you know excited to talk with you. Uh, you're thank actually you one of me. the first people from the Simpsons I ever spoke to. And for some reason, uh, it took me this long to ask you to come onto the show. Uh, so I'm glad that you're here, man. The first question I ask everybody is, how are you? I'm not offended. Don't worry. No, you should be offended. You should definitely be offended. Uh, well, uh, first- you know, I'm tired, but good <laughs> to answer your question. Tired, but good. Yeah. I mean, I mean, in, in a sincere way though, like outside of just, you know, everyday stuff, how are you in life, Mike? Uh, I'm in a good spot. I have my dream job still. Thank God. <laughs> Until, you know, it's not there anymore. Uh, I have like my streaming and gaming stuff on the side. So everything's kind of balanced for me. So I'm, I'm happy right now. Doing good. Yeah. That's what I like to see. That's what I like to hear, man. I mean, you know, I, I started, I always sort of uh, put in that I started asking that question because, you know, COVID was a, a big problem. It's still a big problem. And, you know, I know a lot of people struggled as a result of that. So, uh, you know, I yeah. genuinely want to know, like, you know, everyone that I, that I have on, I want to know that they're doing okay. They're moving along just fine. It sounds like things are going good for Mike. Right. I mean, look, I love working from home. I love having like all my stuff here, but the one thing I do miss is like, you know, the camaraderie, like you get at work and, you know, the inspiration you get from other artists. Like that's the only thing I miss. Like other than that, you mean, it's, it's kind of like a dream job to be, you know, hanging out in your man cave, just working. Yeah, no, I, I get that, man. That sounds really nice to me. And I think that's actually a pretty good place to start. You know, I, I want to hear a little bit about that Twitch channel. Uh, so outside of working on the Simpsons, you do a lot of streaming on Twitch. Uh, tell me a little bit about that. How'd you get into that? So I started because while I was working, I would watch it. 
So I'm like watching other artists or like watching games that I like to play. Like, you know, I'd have it on the side while I work just because I, I like noise when I work. I can't handle too much quiet unless I need it. Sure. Like if I'm listening to like an audio track for like a character, like I'll have to be listening to that track, making sure I get all the emotions, all that stuff. But if I'm just doing like, uh, you know, busy line work, I'll have something on in the background. And then when COVID happened, you know, I got all this cool, like little like streaming gear. And I'm like, you know, what? I'm going to start doing this too. So I started doing art streams, but I'm like, you know what? I don't want to do art streams all the time. Like I'm drawing all day. I don't want to draw like at night too. So I'm like, okay, I play games. <laughs> my favorite game is Sea of Thieves. I think I made that pretty obvious. on my page. <laughs> But yeah. So like the community for that game is amazing. So like, I just started with that and I've made so many friends and so many good connections and even other artists that play that game. So yeah, like like I say, I'm an animator by day, a rotten pirate by night. So <laughs> it works out. <laughs> nah, that's really great, man. What what would you say? Like, um, you know, what what really attracted you to that game specifically? Like, uh, you know, uh, I, I, it's one that I actually know very little about. So I'd be curious. Well, that, I'm I'm kind of biased because I've been a fan of anything that has to do with pirates since I was a kid. This is the first time I saw Peter Pan, pretty much like the <laughs> old Disney cartoon, right? Um. They didn't show enough of the pirates. That's <laughs> so, true. Like, I grew up watching Hook. That was my favorite movie as a kid. Um, uh, obviously, Goonies. Of course. But, you know, again, like, you get just very little pirate stuff. So I was always into that. Um, so when I saw this, I was like, oh, it's like a little stupid little kid's cartoon pirate game. I don't want to play that. I played one time and then I was hooked. Like, that was it. Just the, It's like a, I'm sure you're familiar with like open world sandbox type games. Sure. So it's like you make your own adventures. Like it's you have the weirdest player interactions with random people all over the world. So it just makes it a different experience every time. And plus it's pirates. So that got me hooked. That's really funny. <laughs> I mean, I, I I opened up your Twitch out of curiosity. I haven't had a chance to watch many of the videos, but I, uh-huh. I remember just sort of flipping through one of them and you were listening to some music in some room and you're like, Oh, I hope you guys like porn music. And I was like, if this is what this game is. <laughs> Yeah, so that was that was when I decided to start rocking my mustache, and I, I put on some '80s porn music and made my pirate emo dance to a lot of that stuff. That's fantastic. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to pop it on the stream, Mike. It sounds awesome. Seems like yeah. things are going well over there. Uh, so I've, I saw you were doing some fundraisers and things like that, so that's really cool, man. I like mm-hmm. to see that. Yeah, there's a lot of charities involved with this game, and I'm, I'm happy to do them all. That's really cool, man. Well, so we're here to really dig into Simpsons. I mean, that, that is obviously the point of this podcast uh, is just to talk about the Simpsons at length to anyone and about anything uh, pertaining to the Simpsons for anyone who will listen. Uh, and, you know, when you started working on the show, I, I believe it was season 16. Is that correct? Uh Technically, it was 15, but we have holdover episodes. Right. So the episode I worked on didn't air until the 16th season. Got it. So you, you've been there for a, you've been there for a long time. You've seen a lot of yeah. stuff. Uh, <laughs> what was your journey to art like? Like, what is your background in art? When did you know you wanted to draw? You know, tell me about all that. So I knew I wanted to draw since I was right before kindergarten. I remember watching Ninja Turtles on TV, like the old animated series. And I remember my dad saying something like, yeah, these are artists that like made this, like people actually made this. Like before that, I had no idea of the concept of animation. I thought everything was real. Right. (laughs) So like once I figured out that people were doing that and making that, like I knew that's exactly what I wanted to do. So like since probably kindergarten, first grade, I knew animation was what I wanted to do. So 
I basically went all throughout <laughs> kindergarten to, to my senior year in high school drawing. Wow. You know, it got me bad grades. It got me in trouble in school. So if I did, if I didn't make this work, I would have been in a lot of trouble as an adult. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a, it's a, it's the only thing I'm really good at. So wow. Well, other than playing Sea of Thieves, I'm not, I'm not very uh, SMRT and everything else. <laughs> <laughs> well, what you know, what kind of stuff were you drawing back then? I'm I'm assuming you were drawing um, a lot of pirates, a lot of cartoon characters, things like that. Um, actually, it was all X Men. <laughs> that was my that was my uh, bread and butter was drawing X Men comics. So like I grew up on the cartoon as well. So I would draw like of course. my whole folders were full of like, Wolverine drawings. See, Spider-Man drawings. <laughs> see, Mike, I was just about to say who was your favorite X-Men. And and or Wolverine is the correct answer. When I say, you know, I was obsessed with X-Men, it is true. When I say that I was obsessed with Wolverine, it is an understatement. I used to like I used to just like fantasize that I was Wolverine doing mundane tasks around my house. Like, I mean, he was like my favorite, you know, superhero in a lot of ways, if you can call him that. So that's the correct answer, Mike. I mean, he was, he was the one I related to the most. I'm like, he's short. I'm short. He's stocky. I'm stocky. He's hairy. I'm hairy. So there you go. And you both have, you know, and you both have claws inside your knuckles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. So you, you, you wanted to draw at an early age. You were, you know, you knew you wanted to be an animator from the moment it made sense to you and you understood what it was. Uh, how did that journey lead you to the Simpsons? Um, so my best friend growing up, uh, he was also an artist and he always said, Oh, his mom works at an animation studio, animation studio. And I never knew until one day she picked us up from school and we stayed at her office just until my mom was able to pick me up. And that's when I realized that that's a Simpson studio. Wow. <laughs> like they animate the Simpsons there. And the kicker was that this building was a block away from where I lived. Wow. <laughs> so I used to skateboard by Every time, like looking, I, I always saw like drawing tables, but I never knew like what the hell happened in this building next to my house. Insane. So it was, I feel like it was, this was all like little things that were happening that was just meant to lead me to the studio. It definitely sounds that way. It definitely sounds yeah. that way. So, I mean, you know, when did that connection actually turn into something tangible? Like when were you like, oh, I could actually maybe get a job here. So that was high school. And, uh, after we graduated, I asked my friend's mom if I can get introduced to, you know, their, um, their human resource because they're in charge of the interning. And then they told me that, OK, we can we need to see your portfolio. And luckily I had you know, tons of drawings. So I was able to muster up, you know, like a few good ones to show them that I actually, you know, am serious about this. The thing was, I needed college credit. So I did lie about that. <laughs> Uh, I told them I was I was getting the credit and I I was able to get some paperwork that was showing I was taking some I signed up for community college classes that I never went to. Wow. So <laughs> I, I relate to that, man. I, I relate to that because I, you know, I went to community college for one semester. I was just like, you know, fuck this. But I mean, you know, I, I've had Mike Scully on the show, and I think if anything, Mike Scully is a prime example of uh of how you don't need college. So there you go. Yeah, I, I was my my only goal was to get my foot in that door, and then you know let fate take care of the rest. 
It's so good, man. It's so good. Uh, I mean, that's crazy. I, I love those sort of origin stories and like, you know, hearing that people just sort of, uh, I mean, maybe didn't will it into existence, but things worked out in such a way that you were able to get there uh, by any means right. necessary. I think that's really cool, man. Um, w- w- you know, you say it's your dream job. Why would you say that it's your dream job? Um, I mean, I grew up on this show. This show raised me like, you know, besides drawing like Wolverine and stuff like that, I always drew like Homer. I always had little doodles of him, like even though they look like shit compared to obviously today, but <laughs> like because I had that. Uh, I don't know if you remember that book from the nineties of How to Draw the Simpsons. Yeah. So where Bart was like that soup can looking thing they would always show. Absolutely. I, like I had that too. So like so I had one of those. I had like a Disney one. I had to draw Mickey. But yeah, like this is the show that basically raised me and my brother. So just. Just the fact that I was able to grow up and like continue working on the show that, you know, helped me grow up. That's, I can't think of anything else that would make me happier. No, that's, that's, that's perfect. I mean, uh, tell me, do you still use the soup can method to, uh, to draw Bart? Yeah, (laughs) I do. I I mean, it's the only way to really draw him. Perfect. No, I love that, man. Well, so, so this is a funny question, but I really like to hear, you know, what people remember about that first day, especially, you know, you're saying you had such an interesting journey there. Uh, you, you were just clawing your way in. What do you remember about your first day working on the show? Do you have any funny stories from those early days there? I mean, my first day hired was kind of the same because I had interned there for almost a year before I got hired. So they got a good year free out of me. But you know, I started with doing like, you know, for lack of a better term, bitch work. I had to punch holes in papers, get them ready for the animators. I had to make copies of model sheets. I had to put together storyboards and staple them, like do all that stuff. So like by the time I got to do like my first actual day at work, I felt like I was already working there. Right. So I know like for some people, like, you know, they get hired and then they just come in cold and that's their first day. Like, so mine kind of like bled in to my first day, if that makes sense. <laughs> that is that is sort of surreal. I mean, if I were you, you know, I think every single day uh beyond a certain point I would look around and be like, do I seriously work for the fucking Simpsons? I mean, yeah. I th- I think I would honestly feel that. Yeah, it's it's kind of hard to step back sometimes and see it that way because it is a job and it, it is so like taxing on the brain. It really is uh like deadlines and like, you know, meetings and you're having your scenes cut apart. But then you have to like kind of step back and look at it from like a third person. Be like, wait, I'm working on a freaking TV show like this. Right. You no, know, I'll deal with it. Whatever. I'll just, you know, suck it up. <laughs> this this legendary show. I get to say that I, yeah. I had a hand in. Well, to that same point, I mean, you know, you, you speak about all the things that are hard about mm-hmm. it. Like, what would you say the hardest part is like whether it's like, you know, an actual whether it's something that's actually super hard or just the thing that you find the most taxing in your everyday work, what would you say that is? Um, definitely motivation. Cause you're literally doing the same thing over and over and over again. It's just different characters, different lines. So it's just the hard part. I mean, you have to find the fun in what you do or else you're going to hate it. So the, sure. it, it, it's not, it's easier said than done. So the hard part is finding motivation in every shot that you're doing. Cause or else you're just going to be drawing and you're not going to put your best effort in there. And then my, my worst fear is doing mediocre and having that be on TV. And then I'd be like, well, you know, I could have done that better, but too late. It's already like, you know, on reruns and 
I want to make sure like every scene, like I give it like a good college try, I guess. No, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, you sound a lot like me. I think, you know, that's something that uh, any creative person struggles with, you know, they want, they want to always feel like they did the best they possibly could not because, you know, of, of what's happening in the moment, but what they're going to look back on. You right. don't want to look back on your work and be like, damn it. Like, why didn't I just fix this? That's not to say that doesn't happen because you do get to that fatigue part and you're just like, okay, this has to get done. Like I can't spend, you know, hours and hours or days on this shot. It has to get done. It has to ship. So there are times where unfortunately that, that does happen. Yeah, I believe it, man. I'm sure, you know, especially you talk about like, you know, working on a crowd shot or something yeah. like that. I'm sure you look back on a lot of that. And you're just like, man, this is exhausting. I actually had one last year that almost killed me. <laughs> so I, I was on, it, it took me a week to do this shot of everybody getting up from the church, going in the center and running out the door. So there was about like 40 or 50 people in the shot. Um, by the time I was done, I had hundreds of drawings and then it only lasted about, you know, four to five seconds on screen. I literally can't even fathom that. I mean, obviously, you know, I'm, I'm no expert when it comes to the process, but I know enough to know, you know, obviously so much time goes into something that's so much shorter uh, than that amount of input, right. but working on something for that long and it being done in six seconds, I, I literally can't fathom it. Much. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I just don't, my brain can't do it. Um, so clearly you were, you know, you said you were a big fan. The show sort of raised you and your brother. Uh, what do you think really stood out to you about the Simpsons? What do you think connected to you uh, that was different about that show than other shows? It's, it's hard to say because when watching that show, like I saw my own family in it. So it felt like, it felt like home, you know, I'm not, I'm not very like, articulate when it comes to <laughs> questions like this, but like, the simplest way I could put it, it just felt like home. It felt like a second home to me, like a second family like that I belong to. I think there is something, you know, I, I think one thing that I've brought up more times than anything on this podcast is there's a certain, there's a certain relatability to that family, even if your family doesn't mirror it. Like even right. if your family, you know, say you have more problems or your dad's not around or whatever it may mm -hmm. be, I think you see a perfect example of a flawed family in The Simpsons. Um, even though at the end of the day, they're, they're not that flawed. Like they seem like a, like a pretty, you know, happy family. They stay together. They love each other. But I just think you can, you can take a lot from that. You can learn a lot from that unit, even if it isn't the same as your situation. So saying that it feels like home, I mean, you're saying you're not very articulate. I think that's actually the best way to sum it up. <laughs> it feels like a tangible place that we've all been. Right. Um, and that's a special thing, man. I mean, it really is. Like sometimes you have to think, I'm like, wait, did that happen to me or did I watch that on the show? <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, at this point, it happens to me almost every every day. Um, all right. So I want to I want you to get a little bit more technical with me. Like just pretend I'm an idiot because I, I am. Uh working as a character layout artist on the show, aside from the obvious, you know, that's in the title of that, how would you describe what you do to someone? Um, I mean, <laughs> I draw a lot of pictures that move. <laughs> But no, okay, so in all seriousness, uh, so our job as layout <laughs> is to, um, so we take the boards, which come to us. Um, the boards give us basically a layout of the shot. So it'll tell us character placement, you know, camera angle. And it's our job to kind of refine that, to put in like the correct perspective, make sure everything's working in the composition. Uh, we separate the characters into different layers on, in our animation software. 
And then from there, you know, if we have voice acting, we listen to that over and over and over again. Uh, we mm-hmm. hit all the key emotions, all the key actions. Um, it's not just key poses that we do. People always uh, kind of mistake that. We do uh, add breakdowns and it, like in between, just not full. So, so, so you're saying like, you know, essentially you have to hear things until you're sick of hearing them as part of your yeah. job. Yeah. And then once you're th- once you think you're done hearing them, there's uh, revisions. <laughs> so you have to go back to that shot and re revisit all that. <laughs> is, is, is there a, uh, this might be a silly question. Is there a particular, uh, a shot that stands out in your mind or just a phrase that when you were done working on it, you couldn't stop hearing that phrase for a while. I'd, I'd be curious to know if there's one that stands out to you. Uh, I, I mean, if there was, I probably blanked it out by now. Um, <laughs> Mike's like, at this point, I've heard so many things. You can't expect me to think of any of them. Probably when I first started, there was, there was probably a few, but right now it's all just one, one voice. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. I mean, I, I think it's cool to hear, you know, that there's like certain misconceptions about what a character layout artist does. It sounds like, you know, so, I mean, obviously it's a pivotal step in the process, um, right. tedious, but, but, you know, like a backbone to so many other parts of the process. So yeah. it's, it's cool and to like, see that. That title goes back to like the eighties of what we do. Like, honestly, it should be called animator or like lead animator is what it should be called. Because essentially, like if you break it down in, into like the way Disney does it, there is the lead animator who does all the keys and some of the breakdowns here and there, and then there's assistant animators that do all the in betweens. So if you look at it from like that kind of structure workflow, that we we are the lead animators. That's crazy. Yeah, because I mean, I mean, the title. Yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense. The title is almost misleading in the sense that it sounds like yeah. It, like nothing about the title speaks to animation. You, you it almost mm. sounds like you're just doing like, yeah. you know, literally, you know, drawing characters. Um, yeah. So yeah, that, that's that's really wild. I mean, I, I'm sure a lot of things in that in that industry are so antiquated or just throwback that it yeah. just it doesn't really change. But um, yeah, from now on, if somebody sees that name, just know that there's a lot more to it than than doing little doodles on paper. Mike's out here busting his yeah. ass. He's <laughs> he's hearing the same phrases over and over until he wants to you know, uh, call it a day. So, I mean, come on. Right. And then, and there's actually a lot of stuff. So like, why are they, why is it still called layout? It's like, it's not layout. I mean, it is, it's a part of it. Yeah. But it's animation as well. Like people don't, when people think animation, they think of classic Disney, like animation. And then when they hear layout, they think, Oh, we're just putting the characters in place and calling it a day. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's clearly way more than that. Uh, but I, I like, yeah. I like the way you walk through that. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, what what character would you say you enjoy drawing the most? Um, I like drawing. I mean, the 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 bigger characters, the fatter ones. They're more fun to animate. <laughs> I love I love drawing Wiggum. Obviously Homer, but Wiggum's like the fun one because you can move him and bounce him around a lot. Um, Fat Tony's fun. Uh, but like as far as like faces go, I think Mister Burns is my favorite to draw. Like just the head. Wow, that's funny. Do you, do you think it's because? I mean, I, I would assume, I mean, there's not really anyone that looks like Burns. I mean, I guess you could say like, you know, maybe right. Lenny, he's, Lenny he's falls distinct. into a similar like <laughs> face structure, but like, do you think it's just because it's so different than a lot of them or, or no? Uh, he, well, he just looks like a vulture. <laughs> that's kind of cool. like, he has this like, yeah, I can kind of do this right now. I don't know if that's showing for you. Yeah. To anyone listening, he's hitting me with a little example here. And that is, yeah. So you are, you are effectively just drawing 
a bird. <laughs> yeah. You know, I've been doing a lot of, I've been talking a lot about, um, Treehouse of Horror over October that were, that were just now coming out of. And, uh, I, I noticed recently, and I don't know how fresh this would be on your mind, but Burns has never looked more bird-like than in the shinning. I don't know when the last time you ran the shinning was, but he looks extra wacky in that episode. Anyone that anyone yeah. listening, just the next time you watch that one, check it out. He looks very, I mean, that, that nose is huge. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, they, they let you be a little more liberal in those shows because they are Halloween episodes. So things can be stretched out and like, plus it was like an older season. So like, I don't know. I think I want to say like anything before season seven or eight, it's kind of like wonky. And then like, <laughs> eight and up is like really re- refined as far as character models go. Yeah. Like that's when you start seeing like more solid characters. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. That, I also think that sounds right. When I think about just the way seasons look, I feel like season nine is when everything starts looking extra cleaned up. I think you're, I think you're spot on. Yeah. But everyone, next time you watch the shitting, look at Burns's nose. <laughs> and there's just parts in like uh, season five where Homer like has this like weird, like big M. I don't know if you remember that. Oh, totally. He's got like huge M on the side. I think the Mr. Plow episode shows that a lot, actually. I think that's four. He's got a yeah, season four. He's got a he's got a huge or no season five. Is Mr. Plow season five? I think season no, it's season four. You're right. Um, yeah, he's got a huge hair, uh, a huge piece of hair in that one. That makes that yeah. I do think you're right about <laughs> that. Um, so this is something I like to ask anyone that draws on the show. I've asked a ton of mm-hmm. people this, and I think it's it, the answer is always different. Uh, when you talk about the unique style of the characters, what is a common mistake? And I think you and I have talked about this in like DM before. What is a common mistake you notice when people try to draw in like a Simpson style? What is something people just butcher in uh, your opinion? Uh, I mean, the one thing that I've made pretty public <laughs> is the chins. <laughs> people somehow had chins to these characters. Like they don't have chins. Unless it's like, you know, Jay Leno, obviously right. had a chin because he's Jay Leno. Um, and a lot of another big mistake is people think these characters are flat when they have so much volume to them. See, that makes that makes that I've never heard it broken down like that, but that makes a lot more sense. I, I think what it is for me and and I've been very vocal uh, on both my Instagram and on this podcast that I, I really just cannot stand uh, the way I, I can't stand the way people draw like, you know, you see all these accounts that are like, oh, like, you know, we'll draw you in the Simpson style. Oh, God. And literally, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, everyone, literally those characters never, ever would set foot in Springfield. They could not look less like Simpsons characters. <laughs> I don't really understand where that disconnect happens, uh, but you can't just give someone an overbite and it's a Simpsons character. I don't get it, Mike. Yeah. I mean, I, it's pretty, it's kind of painfully obvious what they do. They literally trace whatever picture is provided and they just color them yellow and give them the overbite and that's it. And, you know, I've got my eye on some of y'all out there. Uh, even though I, I love and respect you, some of y'all are getting stuff from those websites and, uh, you ought to be ashamed of yourselves. (laughs) You ought to be ashamed of yourselves. That shit is awful. And, you know, look, let's say your grandmother bought you one for Christmas and you framed it and you put it up because you didn't want her grandma's feelings. I'm not mad at you. I'm not mad at grandma, but if you don't see why those websites look weird, uh, you know, this is something I talked to Bill Morrison about, uh, when I had him on, there's something so, 
I think of, I can't think of a better word than offensive. There's something so offensive to me about the way those people <laughs> look. That's the perfect word for it. It drives me nuts. You know, it's funny. I do believe one of the first things I talked to Mike about years ago uh, was that and how much I couldn't stand it. Maybe he posted something. Maybe I responded. Uh, but it's still to this day. And, you know, I've mentioned this in other episodes. They will contact me and say, hey, you know, we'd love to collab. What are your advertising rates? And I'm like, you know, I'm not going to. I would never. If anyone that listens to this podcast or follows me ever sees me do that, just I, I need you to step to me because I, I, I something's clearly going wrong. So I actually got approached by one of them to work for them. Oh, God. And they're like, oh, we'll give you. I guess they had no idea who I was. So they're like, oh, well, uh, we'll. We, would you love to work for us? We'll give you 20%. I'm like, I played it wrong. Like, really? I'm like, and then I got a little out of control. I'm like, you realize who I am, right? I'm like, I actually work on the show. No, as you should have, you should have said that. You should have said that. I'm glad that you did. I mean, you know, hey, uh, I guess I I get unfollowed. (laughs) I guess if someone out there, I guess if they are fulfilling a service that somebody wants, Um, and I mean, you know, I would argue there are some that are probably better than others, but 90% of the time it is just straight up scary looking to me. And, uh, you know, maybe I'm a jerk, but I just cannot stand it. But we, we don't have to go on about that, but I know, you know, I, Mike's being nice, but I know he hates it too. (laughs) I was like, so some people that work on the show, we see that and we just, we just cringe. I'm like, people are paying money for this. And then we see like people like the rock posting uh, and reposting. We're just like, our minds are blown. We're like, really? If anyone from, uh, I think it's turned yellow. If anyone from any of these websites listens to this podcast, um, I don't think you're like a bad person or anything, but, uh, honestly, you got it. You got to just stop. Just, just do it for me. Just hang it up. Um, okay. So how have you seen the design of the characters evolve? So, you know, you're saying like, you know, they used to be a lot more loose with it back in the day. Uh, you see it get a little more refined around, uh, you know, at season nine, would you say even in your time there that you've seen things change a little bit? And if so, how, since I've been on, I think things have been pretty persistent. Like it's just the ones from where I grew up watching that I see the biggest difference. I think back then, you know, it was a little more wacky, you know that had the Bart head turns this way and his mouth goes that way. Oh yeah, I don't little, know if you little, remember any? Oh yeah, a little twister mouth. I love a I love a good twister mouth. <laughs> yeah. So like that's that's no longer we can't do that unless we're making a joke. Like I think we did that actually. I think you did. Um. So do you remember that episode where uh, Bart comes back or the whole family comes back from their original, but they're as ghosts? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So Bart Bart does that little like twisty face. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like wacky stuff like squash and stretch, they don't really let us do anymore. Um, but as far as model goes, I think they're, they, they stayed the same solid model since I've started. Yeah. The, the, the tree house you're talking about, it's fresh in my mind. Cause I actually just did uh, a couple of episodes ago. I did a Halloween episode and that was my, that's Treehouse 25. And I called that the, I called that my favorite. Well, it was, it was my recommendation as a great modern treehouse. Um, obviously mm. I stay up with the show. I, I like, I like, I loved this year's treehouse, but I think 25 is one of my favorites in the last decade. Easy, not only because of that segment, but just all three, but I love seeing like the Tracy Ullman style, uh, yeah, characters yeah. in that one. So that's, <laughs> that's definitely fresh on the brain. Um, as someone who works on the show and as someone who grew up with the show, Mm -hmm. what would you say, you know, you hear people say that 
they don't like the show beyond a certain point for whatever reason. I mean, I, mm. I also exist here to disprove that. That's another big, big thing I do on this podcast is try to talk people out of that mindset. Uh, do you have any insight or do you have any, like any thoughts on I mean, why people feel that way? Why do you think people say that? It's because the show evolves and it's not going to stay, you know, the same thing as the nineties. Cause we grew up on that. But like that's nostalgia for us. Like that's what we know. So if it changes to hit a different audience, we're not going to like that. Just like we don't like probably some of the new music today. Sure. I mean, cause it's not meant for us. I mean, um, like they'll tackle new trends and stuff that, you know, people like us that grew up on the show don't have any idea like what's going on. Sure. But to people that are watching it now, it's funny. So like the numbers show this, it's the show is doing really well. Thankfully, knock on wood. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> I'm not going to want to. The people that say that, I don't think they're bad for saying that, but you know, everybody's entitled to their opinion, but I think it's because it's not what they remember it as. Yeah. I, I think you're, you're spot on. And that's very similar to a lot of things that I say. And, uh, you know, I, I, I always say it's that conventional wisdom. People have been told mm-hmm. that something's bad. So they believe it's bad. I mean, I I'm yeah. guilty of that. Look at the new Halloween movie. I've heard nothing but bad things about it. Everyone tells me it sucks. And before I've even seen it, I'm already like, ah, it probably sucks. Uh, so if you hear anything enough times, uh, you know, you're, you're going to believe it, but I I think, you know, it's, it's cool to hear that from someone on the show. And Mm -hmm. I've heard that before because I I think you do compare it to what you grew up on. You compare it to your favorite era and that's going to be a losing fight no matter how you slice it. Anytime you use that argument, it will be, it'll, it'll, it'll not work because those, those seasons, those early seasons are special to you for a reason. Uh, they're special mm-hmm. to you because they were there when you were a kid or those were the ones you you grew up on or you saw first. And you can't possibly expect to uh, compare newer ones that are, are you know, for others. They're also for you, but they're not specifically for you. You can't expect to feel the same way about those. Uh, that's just yeah. a, a losing fight. I mean, fight. this this show would have died a long time ago if it didn't evolve. <laughs> right. You have to evolve to keep up with the times or else, you know, you just can stay in the past. If they were still making episodes... Um, you know, about using references from like the seventies and eighties that the writers grew up with back then. Most people now would be like, what, what, who's watching this? Like, who are these jokes for people? You know, it seems, it seems insane to say, but there's people that wouldn't like that. And they would also complain about that, uh, which is a point that's been made on this, this show a lot. So yeah, that, that's, that's my ongoing thought. To your point now, like every time we have a flashback, it's like early two thousands now. Yeah. So that's just a part of all, like you can't flashback to the seventies again. Yeah. Why to, like, you know, Homer's prom in the seventies. Yeah. I mean, guys, come on. Lisa has an iPad, you know, he, she, he could, yeah. she couldn't have been born <laughs> in the nineties anymore. You just gotta, you just gotta right. overlook that. Don't get so hung up Except on that. It, yeah. It, it, it's silly to get hung up on that. And, and it's also, you know, this is, this might as well be like, you might as well put this on my tombstone. Uh, the new episodes do not undo the old ones. You don't have to feel like they're taking something right. away from the old ones. Well, that, wait, 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 wait. With the exception of one. Oh yeah. There's one episode that still doesn't exist to me. So it shall be unnamed. I think you know which one I do. Okay. Yeah. So I, I think everyone listening knows which one as well. Um, so Mike, I, I shall not be named. Shall not be named. <laughs> so I don't normally ask people from the show, these questions, but uh, it's, it's normally something I ask people that are just from other, you know, avenues that love the show, but you know, you grew up watching the show and, and based on the time that you came in, I think it's, it's relevant to ask you. Um, it's, it's the big three. And this is just three questions sort of general about, you know, aspects of the show. 
who would you say your favorite character is, uh, maybe from working or just from watching? And why would you say so? Um, I, th- I mean, given my name, I <laughs> think Homer is my favorite to draw. Uh, I relate to him the most. Um, I'm lazy. Uh, <laughs> I eat a lot of junk food. I kind of find myself in the same state of him mentally sometimes. Um, I just, he's the most relatable to me, even, even as a kid. Yeah. But I, I, I could never relate to Bart because I was never like that, you know, the, the bad boy kid. Right. So even though Bart kind of calmed down a bit <laughs> in the later seasons, but yeah, Homer was always the one that I compared myself to. Homer is really climbing the ranks, man. You know, I honestly, when I first started asking this question, I really, you know, expected a lot more Bart, a lot more, uh, you know, Millhouse, even like, I, you know, I didn't know what answers I was going to get. But Homer, you know, uh, I recently, uh, Colin Young, a guest on the podcast, said that to him, Homer is, you know, comedy Mount Rushmore. He's on that. Uh, you know, the most absolutely brilliant character of all time. And I got to say, there's an argument for that. I think, you know, when it's all said and done, Homer is like, you know, he is the, the legendary creation from the show. I mean, they all are in in their own respective way. Uh, but Homer is just special. And I love that as Mike is answering that question, uh, no one at home can see this, but he's just drawing Homer, which is just fantastic. (laughs) A really good looking Homer too. Mike, Mike's killing it. Uh, so on that same token, what would you say, or if you uh, can think of someone, people have a hard time with this one. Who is your least favorite character and why? Who's someone maybe you hate to draw or someone you just don't think is that funny? Um, so he's not my least favorite character, but for some reason, Mo, for me, I hate to animate him. <laughs> I think like um, even, even Burns, I love drawing his face, but I hate animating him because I think characters with like the hunch and like, you know, because Mo even has a little hunch. Like, it's hard to make them. It's hard to. What's the best way to put this? Like, there's no flow in their animation for me. Like, again, like people with Homer, like, you know, like they're bouncy. You can yeah. you have fun animating them. But like, people with hunches, they're kind of limited as far as like animation wise. And like, they're ugly. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, it's not, it's not, they're not really appealing. It's hard to make those drawings appealing with ugly characters. That's, that's interesting. And that, that's actually yeah, some good so I don't, insight. I don't, I don't dislike them as characters. I dislike animating them. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Mo even admits that he's ugly and hate filled. So, I mean, that's kind of yeah. just part of it, you know, uh, he's a miserable bastard. Uh, what was the third thing? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, he also, you know, uh, Colin also said, actually you and Colin, y'all had the same answers. He said he hated Mo because he's just sort of a bad guy and he used flaming Mo as an example for that. So, uh, maybe Mo just sucks. I think maybe more people should consider, uh, giving Mo as that answer. Um, I, I actually hated Mo after, um, the flaming Mo episode. I mean, it is frustrating. I mean, they could have been rich. I mean, I just said this on a recent episode, but they could have been rich. (laughs) They should have just worked together. Uh, What a fucking idiot. Um, Well, so, (laughs) you know, one thing that I actually, I've sort of added to this question in a lot of ways, which it used to just be, oh, you know, what are, what are your three favorite episodes? But now it's sort of evolved into like, you know, if you were talking to someone who had never seen the Simpsons, and you wanted to mm-hmm. sort of give him a good introduction. What are three episodes that come up for you, you think? Uh, I mean, I guess this kind of coincides with my favorite ones. Uh, I think, okay, all-time top favorite for me is Itchy Scratchy Land. Mm, that's a great uh, because one. Because I love the family vacation aspect, and I love theme parks. So that one kind of hits all the all the points. Yeah. Uh, I do. My favorite Halloween one I would recommend is 
Uh, uh, this is stupid to me. I don't even know the season, but when Homer uses the time traveling uh, toaster. Oh man, I just talked about it. That's time and punishment. That is Treehouse Five, baby. What? That's my favorite segment of that episode, which I just found out is an unpopular opinion. Apparently, I think that one is all time. Really? Yeah, I, I actually really like that one. Yeah, that's it, all it time just for sucks me. At the end, the ending sucks, where it just starts raining donuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that oh, was perfect. I felt so bad for him. Oh, uh, and a third one. You know, this is this is a strange one too, but I really love the one from season one where the exchange students. Oh man, Bart goes to France. Wow, that's an interesting one, and it's not one a lot of people yeah. would say, but I actually, it's funny. Um, so, people that listen to the podcast know I had on Brandon Withrow a while back, and he made this little TV that went viral mm. that just had you know it plays The Simpsons on a loop, and it just play a random episode. And anytime that I'm just sitting on my computer working on whatever. Uh, even if I'm editing a podcast, I'll just have it on with a sound down. And the other day I was in here in the room doing something and I just had it on and that episode came on. It's the first time I watched it in a while. And I did sort of have this moment of like, you know, people always sort of skip over season one or they it's sort of like forget how much season really one is, is interesting and cool. And that episode is so it's so strange and it's so cool. Like Bart, yeah. these guys literally make Bart drink wine with antifreeze in it. <laughs> and he learns French just from being engulfed in this. It's a very cool. I mean, and there's like, you know, espionage from this other exchange student. It's a wild premise that I think if it had been made in season two, it would be a classic. Um, so that's a, that's a great answer, Mike. Well, even, even the one where uh, Bart get, he gets uh, transferred to that special school where like uh I think it's Bart, Bart gets an A. Is that? Oh, Bart gets an F. Yeah. Same thing. Bart gets an F. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so but that one, I, I love that one. Just the relationship that evolves and devolves with Bart and Homer. Yeah. I, I like seeing that. I like seeing, you know, how that brings them together. And I think, you know, I, I think the reason that episode, um, especially you know, him going to France is so, is so jarring when you watch it now is because mm-hmm. you just wouldn't expect like that premise is wild. Like no one would send their child. To, I mean, it's a cool, it's yeah. a cool thing. I, I really like, mm-hmm. I like when people give season one a little bit of love. That's a, that's a great one. Um, and one thing I want to say about time and punishment real quick while it's fresh in my mind. Uh, so uh, a podcast I was recently on that I mentioned straight chilling. We were talking about that episode and a couple more. And uh, one of them pointed out, they're like, you know, if Homer would have just calmed down, he could have stayed in that reality and just invented the donut. So I think when you think about that, it makes it extra sad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's really sad. Um, all right. So, Mike, obviously, one of the main reasons uh, that I anyone knows who I am anyway is my collection. Uh, so I'm curious, like when you were a kid, did you have any relationship with the merchandise? I know I see you post a thing here and there. You have some Simpsons stuff sitting around uh, in the mm-hmm. office. You know what? I was just one of those kids where. When I got too much junk, my parents threw it away or gave it away. Uh, so, I, mean, I did have some Simpsons stuff here and there, but they were mostly like T-shirts and like really small merchandise stuff. Nothing like that's worth anything today, luckily. And it's all <laughs> good. You know, like as an adult, like I'll bring in stuff that I buy and have like the whole crew sign it and I'll just keep it for one day when I need to retire. <laughs> yeah, yeah, as you should. That is definitely the move. I mean, you know, I know that... uh it's cool to me. And this is something that I don't know if I've talked enough about. I think it's really cool that people who work on the show, and I've seen this throughout talking to a lot of different Simpsons people, mm-hmm. 
even being so engulfed in that work and being so involved and drawing these characters all day and doing this whole thing, there is such a love for that, even to the point Uh that the merchandise is still appealing to you. Like you would think that some people would be around the stuff so much that it'd be the last thing they'd actually want to see outside of work. And I think that it's interesting that the Simpsons, it's not like that. People do want to have that stuff around and be reminded of it. It's because it's so scarce even now. So when something does come out, like you want to grab it right away. That's true. Except for that Balenciaga stuff, because I don't have thousands to pay for a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think they can miss me on that. They're not going to get that money. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, mean, I mean, that is true. And I think, you know, we are seeing like an uptick in Simpsons merchandise. But for the longest time, I mean, you know, new stuff was very scarce, which is why, you know, people like me would collect this vintage stuff. Because that's honestly would be easier to track down than than trying to wait for something new to come out. So, but that's interesting. Yeah, there's, you there's know, a few of those coming out. I think for next year that I pre-ordered. Oh, the Super Seven. I those and I, yeah, yeah, I immediately just got snapped them all. I'm like, I gotta. These are no question. I'm I've, <laughs> I'm gonna repeat myself for like the fifth time on this podcast. I think those are gonna be the nicest Simpsons figures in 15 years. Yeah, I'm so excited. Uh, my, for my, my my bills can wait. <laughs> those are more important right now. Yeah, those are those are absolutely fantastic. I love it. Uh, well, Mike, man, I you know I really appreciate you coming on and chatting with me. It's been yeah. uh, this hour really flew by, um, and, and it's just it's just nice to connect and, and learn a little bit more about your Simpson story. I'd love to do this again sometime uh, if you're down. Yeah, of course. Um, before we get out of here, though, I mean, you know, plug the Twitch again. Tell people where to find you online if they don't know. And oh, just okay. any shout outs or plugs or anything you got, man. Hit it. Uh, I mean, I do do gaming on Twitch. I do drawing sometimes, but my name is Deep Sea Homer based on Deep Space Homer. There you go. <laughs> but because I play a lot of Sea of Thieves, I, I just did Deep Sea Homer. Um, yeah, so I do maybe drawing like once a week on there, but yeah, mainly, mainly I'm on there to get drunk and game <laughs> and just hang out. <laughs> nah, man, that's really great. And I, you know, everyone should be following you there. Everyone should go follow. I draw Homer on Instagram. If you don't know, if you're not doing that or Twitter, uh, just everybody, you know, check in with Mike, man. He's posting a lot of cool stuff all the time. Uh, and Mike, again, man, I really appreciate it. And if we have nothing else, I think that does it for us. Well, yeah, I'm getting messages from her now. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Awesome. I'm going to let Mike get back to work. It's going to be fun for him and it's going to be fun for you. As for me, as for Mike, I'll see you next week. See you guys. If you enjoyed this podcast, check out the official Instagram at Simpsons is greater than, or follow me on Twitter at Simpsons is great. If you're curious about me or my Simpsons collection, just search for Bart of Darkness on Instagram and Twitter. Thanks again for checking this out. I'll see you next week.